This morning, we get the privilege and opportunity to hear from Ryan Rodocker. He is um, the head over the, the lyrics team in the back, and Haley and I uh, personally have appreciated him so much and his leadership. And I also just have appreciated getting to know him a little bit more over the last uh, year or so. I've been able to be a part of a small group with him, and to hear his heart is he just has a heart that beats for Christ. And he really, um, and, and even some of you got to see on Easter, on Easter Sunday a little bit about his testimony. And I just, I think that Ryan is just an awesome, awesome example of what it means to be a humble servant. And that's just something I've always appreciated about him. And he's going to be preaching actually this week and next week. So buckle in and get ready. If you don't like it this week, I guess don't come back next. Yep. I'm just kidding. No, I really do appreciate Amen. him. Uh, Ryan, come on up. And Abundant Life, let's give him a warm round of applause. Thanks, All right. Well, that is uh, pretty intimidating to live up to right there. But yeah, like you said, uh, yeah, next week, we'll see how it goes this week. All right. So. Uh, yeah, so good morning, everyone. I'm not going to repeat it again, but obviously Shana is on vacation. Um, and we are going to be talking about optimism in Jesus Christ today. Uh, but before we get started, uh, I want to make sure that this works. Yes, okay, and we're going to pray. All right, so let's bow our heads in prayer. Uh, dear Lord, I thank you for Shane. I thank you for his family. I'm thankful they're resting and relaxing and enjoying time with you and friends. Uh, I thank you for everything they do for this church. Uh, Lord, I want to pray for this message. I pray that this message would 100% glorify you. Uh, Lord, I've been praying for this message for over the past month, and that it would just be pleasing to you. So please, uh, please drive this message, Lord. Um, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so we're going to start off here with a little list, uh, just to kind of get, get to know me here pretty quickly. Um, I am not the pastor, and those are some quick things about me that, that hopefully uh, some of you maybe can relate to. Uh, I will say this, if this gives you any peace, uh, I've known Shane for over 30 years, uh, we've been friends, okay, so you could say that's a good thing, bad thing, but I, I think it's a really good thing. I've also known Mary for over 20 years, so um, just been really thankful to have known them uh, and um, just called them my friends, okay, so... Uh, some other things up on there, sinner, Christian, brother-in-law, sports fan, mistake maker, grateful, optimist. So we're going to be hitting on some of those uh, as, as we move through, through that today. And I don't want to miss husband. I want to make sure of that. Uh, very thankful for my wife. Uh, very appreciative uh, for her letting me get out of a few chores here uh, the past couple of days so I can, uh, can work on this for all of you guys. Okay? All right. Maybe. I know I can't point it that way because it's that way. All right. Try to move that to the next slide there, Van. There, perfect. All right, part two. Now, another way to try to get to know me a little bit quicker here is to look at some things that, that maybe are some goals for me. Okay, so um, I do not do these perfectly, and I uh, do not live up to them, but these are things that I, I try to do. Okay, so first thing, um, I try to do the best I can with what I have where I'm at, okay? That's just a goal for whatever situation I'm in. Uh, the next thing, I try to help people maximize their God-given potential. That's kind of the educator in me. So I have been an educator uh, for, I don't know, 15, 16, 17 years. Teacher, coach, uh, curriculum director, technology director, 
um, at Tus Law. Now, actually, I am moving into a new role. I'll be the assistant principal uh, at the high school at Tus Law. And so I'm excited about that new challenge. Um, but, but that's just the kind of the educator piece in me. Um, <clears throat> the next piece, uh, this is a challenging one as well. Okay, but my desire is that people who know me the best respect me the most. Okay, and so, um, you know, you, you obviously want people to have a good opinion of you, um, all people, obviously, but I really want that people that know me the best respect me the most. That means I'm probably doing some good things. So, uh, and lastly, uh, but probably most importantly, you know, I want to pursue Jesus aggressively. And not because I'm supposed to or I need to or for what he can do for me, um, but because of what he did on the cross uh, for me. So um, those are just some goals I have. Again, I don't hit them perfectly um, for sure, but uh, just some things that I try to align to. All right. Let's see. Perfect. Oh, good. Now. All right. So today what I want to do, I want to start... Uh, the message with gratitude, okay? There's a lot of research out there that shows, like, <clears throat> if you start your day or you start a practice or you start a class period um, or you start a message like this um, or you start a meeting, if you start it off with gratitude, uh, thankfulness, that typically that meeting is going to be way more positive uh, and, and way more productive because um, you just have a sense of peace, a sense of uh, of thankfulness as you start. So, up there, first on the list is Shane, okay? So I want to just shoot some gratitude his way, that I'm very thankful for Shane, and here's why. He comes up here every week, and he makes this look really, really easy. <laughs> yeah, you're laughing. That's cool. You guys are all sitting there, and I'm up here. It is not really, really easy. It is not really, really easy. Uh, the amount of time I put in just to prepare for this was amazing. Um, and then when you're standing up in front of peers and you're talking and communicating, okay, it, it, it's a challenge, okay? So I don't want to take that for granted, all right? I don't want to take that piece for granted that he makes it look really, really easy. And because he makes it look easy, I think sometimes we may think it is easy. Well, it's not. So every week when he pounds out really good messages over and over and over that connect and give grace, and just very thankful for that. Again, I want to thank my wife, super influential in my life, um, unbelievable gift from God, and then I'm going to keep it short because I could go on for, for a while there, but um, also she's good at really challenging me and keeping me in line with those last goals that I just brought up. She's, she's good at doing that too in a very loving way. Next, mistake maker. You might have missed that on the first slide that I showed, but I want to bring that up, and you may say, oh, why are you talking about that with gratitude? Um, yeah, I'm a mistake maker, and so I think there's a big misconception that since I'm up here that I'm special or different or no, I'm just like all of you. Um, maybe you don't make as many mistakes as I do. You probably make less, but I am just here trying to give a different perspective, uh, and I'm a Christian just trying my best, so there's nothing really different or special about me that makes me be up here, okay? And then you. Okay, that's the, last, that's the last thing I want to be grateful for, okay? I, I walked up here, Brandon introduced me, and I came up on the stage, and you're all still here. No one ran out, you know what I mean? That is, and that, I'm honestly being thankful for that, okay? And all of you are giving me your attention, your focus, and so I don't want to take that for granted as well, okay? 
Let's see if I can get this to work. Hold on a second. I can't. Okay, fan's the man. Okay. Now, I am an educator. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to treat this like a lesson. All right, so today's learning targets are up on the board, folks. All right, so here's what we're going to talk about. By the end of this message, we're going to be able to def define optimism, okay, understand the benefits of optimism, and then look at two reasons uh, why we can be optimistic in Jesus Christ. And then in parentheses there, you see, you know, even in the hardest situations. Okay, so go ahead, Van. All right, so part one, here we go. We're going to define optimism. Okay, next. All right, here we go. Optimism. It's a feeling of belief that good things will happen or to anticipate the best possible outcome. And I put some synonyms up there for you. Uh, hopeful, cheerful, positive, uh, confident, upbeat, bright, reassuring, and trusting. Okay, next. Now, the opposite of optimism is pessimistic. And I think sometimes it's good to look at that word uh, so you can know the difference there. So that's to see the worst aspect of things or believe um, something bad will happen. Gloomy, negative, defeatist, bleak, hopeless, doubting, distrustful. Go ahead. All right, some quick examples of optimism. You know, seeing the glass half full instead of half empty. You know, when your life hands you lemons, you make lemonade. When one door closes, another one opens, those types of things. And when I look at that glass, I, I just really feel like it's half full. I just really do, okay? So we're not going to do a survey or anything right now, but it just feels half full to me. So, okay, next. All right, so benefits of optimism, okay? And so here's some things that we're going to go down through hopefully fairly quickly. Um, but you look at good days versus bad days. You look in faith, faith in other people or relationships, taking risks, trying new things, even your overall health. Um, <clears throat> and probably my favorite one, uh, the view of failure, setbacks, and mistakes and how, how optimism can be a good thing in, in all those categories. Go ahead, Van. I'll put this down. All right, so good days versus bad days. You know, you can take two people who could potentially, let's say, had the same day, the same exact day. And the person who is an optimist and the person that's pessimist would look at that day with two completely different lenses, okay? The person that's an optimist would go through that day and think it's a pretty good day. The person that's a pessimist wouldn't because they typically um, fear bad things are going to happen or have anxiety, okay, those types of things before those things even happen. Okay, where the optimist is not unrealistic to the potential challenges, but they're not drawing on them. And at the end of the day, they kind of have that hope um, that, that, that good things are going to happen. Okay, so, you know, I could go through this morning and tell you 50 things that went my way that I'm thankful went that way. I mean, it may sound cheesier, but I didn't get a flat tire here, had gas in my car, you know, had all the coffee tasted excellent. Okay, I got here on time, you know, all those things. So, so those points of views can help you, okay? All right, go to the next. All right, so faith in other people and relationships. So pessimistic people, typically, you know, they got to wait and see, you know, is this person good? Is, am I allowed to allow them my life? You know, I got to test the waters, and I don't want to get too close. And, you know, maybe, you know, they're not going to be something, they're going to trick me in three or four years, or something bad's going to happen. Or the optimistic person, generally, you know, will think, you know, people are decent, people are good, I'm willing to, to, to give them a chance, and let's, let's go make a conversation or do something like that, okay? 
And I think this part's important, you know, even in the Christian faith. You know, if we're, if we're standoffish or we're pessimistic, then how are we going to reach, you know, other people? How are we going to build the community of Christ and those types of things? So um, I just think that's a really important piece to, to point out there. All right, next, man. Risk-taking, trying new things, right? So the optimist, they're going to be hopeful. They're going to try things. They're going to try to expand their life. They want to learn new things. They want to grow, okay? So they're not going to be thinking about the negative things that could potentially happen. Um, where the pessimist is going to say, well, man, I don't, I don't want to try that. This, 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 this could happen. Or this, this, this. Well, if I, if I fail, what's going to happen? And where the optimist like, let's go, let's do it, let's try this, let's take risks, okay? And so, um, and just another benefit, in my opinion, of being, being optimistic. Go ahead, man. Overall health, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, um, but there's a lot of research out there that if you are optimistic and have, have optimistic views, you know, blood pressure, overall health, survival rate are all good, good, good things, okay? So, um, there's, there's lots of research out there for that. And then this is my favorite one. <clears throat> so view of failure, setbacks, and mistakes. All right. So an optimist is going to look at a setback or a failure as something that's just temporary. Okay. It, it's something that they can move and grow and get past. Um, you know, I say this to my daughter all the time. I say mistakes are opportunities to get better. Okay, and that's an optimistic point of view on that. Okay, where the pessimists, they're going to say, setback, it's permanent. Man, I'm, I'm just going to give up. I might as well stop trying. Why do I even do this? Um, and then they, they kind of beat themselves up and lose faith and lose confidence. Okay, and so I love, I love the thought process of having a failure, having a setback, having a mistake, and looking at it as, a, as an op- opportunity to grow, okay, opportunity to get better. Okay. All right, let's see what's going on next. Oh, I love this. This is, this, is, this is awesome. Okay, so make sure I do it the right way here. So the, the picture on the left, okay, uh, that's what people kind of think success or life or sports or hunting or fishing or art or relationships or playing music or learning anything or even kind of our walk with Christ People feel like that's how it should be. It should just be this straight line. Well, I'm going to speak for myself and my experiences, and, and you can correct me if, if I'm wrong in your head, okay? But mine doesn't look like the one on the left. Mine looks like the one on the right, okay? And everything that I've ever done, it's, you know, you make a little grove, and it's goobly-gobbly, blah, 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 and then you go, and you, yeah. And so that, to me, when I, when I learned sports, that was the one on the right. When I learned how to play the drums, that's the one on the right. Uh, whether it's uh, my walk with Christ, it kind of looks like that, okay? And to me, um, a lot of those dips and turns and those, you know, I, if I was to draw this picture again, I probably would make the line on the right go up a little bit higher because I think those failures and those mistakes and those setbacks can create actually more growth. So I think one thing I want to point out with this, too, um, and maybe someone in the room is a little different than me, but I think having our expectations clear and not expect the one on the left will make your life a little bit easier. 
So if you can expect the goobly gob and the roller coaster, it actually helps with, with, with the process. Where if you, if you just have an expectation where you're going to start playing the piano and you're going to learn it like that in two weeks, you're going to be done and there's no going to be no hiccups and then you're going to kind of be defeated a little bit. Okay, So expecting the trials and the, the ups and downs, I think probably um, you know, will make it a little bit easier. All right, so, okay, next. All right, I love this video. Don't start it just yet. I could talk about this video for 45 minutes alone, and I won't. Don't worry about that, but I could. Love this video. Let's go ahead and show it. There's going to be some sound here, too, Rob, on this. All right, go ahead. Okay, go ahead and leave it there for right now. All right, now, this video probably evoked a lot of emotions for some of you in a lot of different ways, right? Uh, and this isn't on my notes, but I'm going to talk about it real quick. Some of you are probably like, stop, don't keep jumping, or someone go help her immediately, like, you know, make the stool lower or pick her up. Because like, I've, I've showed this actually at Tesla, and, and there would be some people go, oh, when they see a couple of those falls, and it just really, you know, freaks them out a little bit. But... Here's why I love this video, and I'm going to look at my notes because I want to make sure I get this right. But number one, the girl has really high expectations. She's challenging herself to do something really, really, really hard. Number two, she's optimistic. She has the hope. She has the belief that she's going to do it. Okay, so when she's falling and she's pulling, she gets back up. She tries it again. Number three, if you truly want something to be special, okay, think about this in your own life. If you want something to be special, it's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. Okay, so, you know, if you want it to be unique or you want it to be special, it's going to take a lot of special hard work to get there. Okay? And then when you work for something really hard or you, you do something really, really special, the payoff in the end is way more exciting. Way more exciting. Did you see how excited she was in the end? It's because it wasn't super easy. Okay? Like if I was... I'm not very excited about that little jump. But everybody can do that. Okay? But that's pretty impressive. I don't think I can do that, which is a side note. Okay. Um, so the excitement comes from it is special. It is hard. It is challenging. Didn't quit. Okay, next, number four, don't quit. Don't quit. You know, it's okay to fall. We all need to fall sometimes to grow. Okay, and, you know, in this specific video, you know, we were able to see her fall multiple times, and she got right back up. And what I love about it, and I'm assuming that's her father, okay, what I love about it, and this is a challenge for me, even with my own kid, like if this was my kid up there, you know, how would I would have handled it? I probably wouldn't have handled it like that probably three or four years ago. I would have said, don't do this, you might get hurt. Or I would have done this. I would have came up behind her 
and picked her up just enough to get her there. And then I would have said, yay, good job. Guess what would have happened then? She probably, realistically, because kids are good at this, she wouldn't have been as excited. She would have known that you made it shorter, that you helped her a little bit. Okay? Now, the father was there, though. He was there. And the, and the situation was safe. And he was encouraging to her. Okay? So that's important to keep in mind. But he didn't change the rules. He didn't make it smaller. He didn't make it easier for her. And he didn't you know, give her a little boost. Okay? And think about how much growth she meant because she kept coming back. All right? So falling and failing sometimes can be really good. It's necessary. Okay? Uh, and then last, and I could keep going, but this will be the last one, I promise. Finally, I believe this is a great example of life in the Christian walk with God and Jesus. Father was there the whole time. He made sure everything was safe. He had the pad, etc. The father was there encouraging her and supporting her when she needed it. And then in the end, in the end, she makes it. And she runs to the father with pure joy and excitement. Excuse me. Shouldn't this be us? Aren't we the little girl? Once we accept Christ, isn't the Father with us, making sure we are safe, encouraging us? Jesus, just like the Father, doesn't literally pick us up or make the stool shorter, but he is there. He is with us. He is guiding us and supporting us. We need to keep jumping, and we may fall or fail, or things may go bad sometimes in our lives, but the Father is there. He is with us. He is encouraging us. And in the end, when we get to heaven, Jesus will be there with a big hug for us. Okay? All right, so let's transition now. It's a good place, so let's go to the next slide. All right, so part three. Two reasons we can be optimistic in Jesus Christ, even in the hardest situations. All right, so first thing we're going to talk about, um, we have a big, powerful, tremendous God who will work out all things for good. And the second part is, we have a God who loves us, and no matter what we are, what we're going through, uh, he loves us. Okay, next slide. Okay, reason one. Just talked about a big, powerful, tremendous God. All right, go to the next slide. All right, so let's read a couple passages here. And I'm actually going to look this way so I can see a little bit better. So, Jeremiah 10, 12. It is he who made the earth by his power, who established the world by his wisdom, and by his understanding stretched out the heavens. Matthew nineteen twenty six. But Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Revelations twenty two thirteen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. And then first Corinthians six fourteen, and God raised the Lord and will also raise us up us up by his power. Okay, so when I talk about we have a big, powerful, tremendous God, the first thing that we need to do, in my opinion, we need to believe that these verses are true. Okay, that's a, that's a great first step. So when we look at Jeremiah 10, 12, it is he, God, who made the earth by his power, who established the world by his wisdom, and by his understanding stretched out the heavens. He's the Alpha and Omega. We have to believe that, okay? You have to. That's like the first part to get to the optimism. If you don't, if you think, eh, I'm not, don't know if I can go there. I don't know if I think that. Okay, that's going to create some, some issues that you probably should work out, just being real honest with you, okay? 
All right, next slide. So we'll talk about the first kind of two things here, our view of God, all right? And, and, and when I say we, you, me, I, okay, I'm not talking you, I'm talking me here too, okay? That's why I wrote this thing, probably 90% for me, no offense, you guys are just all here. But I don't want you to think that I'm talking about you, okay? But when we, I, or imagine or create a little God, we assume he can only do little things, okay? Um, or God small enough to be understood is not big enough to be worshipped, okay? And so... I want to be very clear on this. We have enough information to know that, that God is real, God is good, and God loves us. Okay, we have enough of that. Um, but I can honestly say that I don't really want to fully understand God in, 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 in that way. Like, I don't want a God that's easy to understand. I want to be confused sometimes because that means that's how much greater and bigger and more wise and more loving that he is, okay? Now, let me make sure I'm clear. I have enough to know what God is. I have enough, but I don't want to know everything. If it was simple, that'd be scary because then he could only do simple things, okay? I want it to be big and confusing and hard and challenging and focus on me having to have faith, I want that. That's good. Okay? Now, I want to know Jesus as much as possible. I want to have a relationship with him as much as possible. I want to know as much as I can about God. But if God was small enough to be understood, he wouldn't be big enough to be worshipped. Okay? Now, next one. We cannot, hold on, back, back, back. It's all good. All right, here. We cannot assume God is just slightly bigger, slightly smarter, slightly more uh, of a version of us and expect him to work the ways, in ways that could be easy to comprehend. Okay, and what I mean by that is, you know, we, we, can, we can understand ourselves and, and if you just think God's a little bit more loving or a little bit more smarter, okay, or a little bit more wise, uh, I, would, I would challenge you to expand your thought process of God. Make him bigger, Okay, make him greater. Think of him as the God who created the universe. That changes some things for me, for sure. And so then I look at, are your problems bigger than God or is God bigger than your problems? Okay, something to look at. Okay. Uh, a small, simple God cannot sustain our worship or faith. A small, simple God cannot account for the complexities of creation or the mysteries of a suffering God. And God is the Alpha Omega. All right, so... When you think about something you want to trust or somebody you want to get advice from or something you want to lean into, um, there's probably three things you want to look at there, and we're going to talk about them real quick. So if I'm getting advice or I want to lean into somebody or trust somebody, um, the first thing is if they're an expert, okay, that, that obviously helps. The second thing is um, if you feel like you can trust them, okay? I'm talking about getting advice here again, all right? And the third thing with advice, which is interesting, there's re some research on this too. If you pay a ton for advice, you typically will listen to it more. And let me explain that a little bit. So if you're at the gas station and someone says, hey, let me give you some advice on whatever, and it's just free advice from nobody you know, you're probably not going to listen to it very much. You might, you may not. 
but if you go to a counselor and they're the best counselor in the world and you spend $100,000 for it, one session, you're going to have notes, you're going to have a tape recorder, you're going to have everything sitting out perfectly. Now, wait, what did you say? Now, hold on, let me take a note. Okay, let me take a note. Let me take a you're going to be really focused in because of the money you spent. Okay, and then the expert piece. So let's say you're a football coach. You get the chance to talk to Paul Brown or you get the chance to talk to Bill Belichick about football. Well, they're the expert. Same deal. You're going to get the notepad out. You're going to get, nah, okay, what'd you just say? Let me make sure I get that right. Let me tape record this. I appreciate so much that I get this hour with you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, so let's connect that to Jesus and God. So let's talk about the price. Jesus paid a big price for us. The biggest price ever in humankind went to the cross to save our souls. I would say that's somebody I'm going to listen to. That's a big price to pay. Big price. So when he has something to say to me, I should be like this. Oh, where's my notepad? What do I do? Okay, whatever you say, okay, that let me get. He paid the price. You want to talk about an expert? God, in the correct view of God, in his biggest, awesome, the God that created the universe, that created you, knows every hair on your head. I don't have much, okay? But he knows you. He knows this place. He's the expert. Oh, God. Okay, what'd you say? Let me check with you. He can be trusted in that way. So, and then since Jesus obviously paid the price, and then that creates that trust. Okay? So the bigger price paid, I think the more you should probably listen. Jesus paid the price. Okay. Let's go to the next slide. So how, how can our view of God create optimism? Having an accurate, accurate view of God will naturally allow you to become more optimistic. Okay? And what do I mean by this? And I've done this, and I do this. I've done this, and I do this. Often, I'll just say I. That makes it a lot easier. I mix up. I mix things up. I mix, I mix things up. I put false idols or false teachings, or I, I put things in there that, that aren't accurate. Okay, let me, let, me, let me tell you what is accurate. God loves us. God is going to work out all things for good. Don't get that confused. Okay? But here's what I do sometimes. Hey, God, I've done this. Okay, so don't make fun of me. Don't leave. God, I, man, pray, please give me a million dollars. God, give me what I want right now. Right now. Or, or Jesus, you know, I'm on your team. You're, we're teammates, so, so I'm, I'm with you. So that means my life should be perfect and easy, right? I'm on your team. Those people, you know, if they're not on your team, they, they get the conflict and struggle. That's not accurate. It's just not, okay? You know, I talk about this sometimes, but Peter and Paul, you know, we talk about, we look at them as their sin and how they've overcome that. Sometimes we don't look at the trials they've been through. Okay, so accurate view of God will, will help because you're not, me, I'm not mixing things in there that aren't true. God loves me. 
God loves me. He created me. He's super powerful. Created the universe. Man, that helps. It's pretty clean and easy. Okay? Next, allow God to be bigger than the situations that may bring us down. Okay? So, you know, I talked about this a little bit more, but, you know, when you're in a situation that's tough or stressful, if you keep jumping, you keep growing, you let God be big there, the other situations may shrink a little bit. Okay? And then Christians, I mean, we really should be the most optimistic group. God's in control. And as you see, Romans, you know, 828, and we know all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Okay, so that right there should give us some optimism. Next slide. All right, so what can help you with your view of God here? And maybe you have this down. Maybe this isn't a struggle for you, and that's awesome. That's cool. For me, I need this stuff, okay? So spend time in the Bible, pray, okay? Go back and listen to some of Shane's sermons. They're posted on the website. You know, when you're out mowing, you're out on a walk, pick one of those up that maybe you missed or a series that you missed, pop those in your earbuds and go. Okay, now, J.D. Greer, that's the book that's up there. It's called Not God Enough, Why Your Small God Leads to Big Problems. Read that book. It is amazing. It talks about some of the things that I'm talking about here. Pretty easy read, um, but also it is pretty challenging in a way that, that our view can impact uh, impact our relationship, okay? And attend church regularly. Also, join a life group. Join a life group. Get connected with other people. Hear some of their stories, okay? Um, that, will, that will help as well, okay? And, and I'm sure there's other things on there too, but just some suggestions. Okay, next. Okay, number two. Reason we can be optimistic in Jesus Christ. We have a God who loves us, and no matter what, where we are, what's going, through, going on in our lives, he, he, he loves us. All right, next one. All right, so let's look at this scripture here. All right, Romans 5, 8. God shows he loves us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Galatians 2, 20. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, by live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Psalm 136, 26, give thanks to the God of heaven for his steadfast love endures forever. And Psalm 36, 7, how precious is your unfailing love, O God. Okay, there's just a couple there. There's more out there that you guys could look at. Let's hit the next slide. All right, Hebrews 12, 1, 13, love this one. Especially in relation to what I'm talking about here. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw everything off that hinders and, and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy, have that underlined there, obviously, set before him, he endured the cross, scoring its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart all right, Paul is essentially writing in Hebrews there. Look to Jesus, look to the cross, and you will not grow weary and lose heart. He's saying look to Jesus for optimism. Okay? And it's important to realize that Jesus joyfully went to the cross for us. Okay? Next. Now, <clears throat> Jesus, the cross, love, and optimism. 
talk about those first two real quick. So what could be so radical, so extreme, so undeniable? What act of love could overcome any situation in this fallen, broken world? Okay, so let's talk about this. So God's sitting there saying, okay, what, what can I do? What can I do that could last thousands of years? What could I do that could eliminate all excuses that happen in this fallen world? What, what could I do to show people that I love them? It has to be pretty big. And that's where Jesus and the cross comes in. I mean, it's, 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 it's extreme. It's radical. It's un- you can't deny it. In any, in any setting, you can't deny it. That God loves you. From that moment, he loves you. So as hard as things get sometimes, the cross, I can't deny it. I can't deny it. Okay? Now, the enemy hates the cross. Here's why he hates it. Because there's nothing he can do to manipulate or deceive you about it can't he can't he can't manipulate or deceive jesus jesus's amazing act of love okay and so i think sometimes get can people get confused when you know they just hear jesus loves you jesus went to the cross for our sins to offer us a free gift for eternity Eternity, not just this moment here, just for forever, okay? So the enemy wants to minimize the cross as much as possible. He doesn't want you to think about it. He wants you to make it a small part of your life. He doesn't want you to focus on it. Can't do that. Can't do that. Let me tell you why, and this is from my personal experience here. Every, every experience and every situation that I've experienced, good, bad, ugly, I've experienced a few of those. During those, if I look to the cross, I, I have always, always have hope and optimism. All right, next one. He didn't, no, don't, don't change it. Sorry. He didn't bail on you then. He won't bail on you now. And this unbelievable gift should wreck us and change us daily. All right, so if you don't hear anything on my sermon or my message, Hear this, okay? So if you're, you're starting to get a little tired, I'm almost done, I'm almost there. But if you didn't hear anything, if you didn't hear anything, hear this. If Jesus didn't bail on you then in the garden, when he's sweating, you know, tears of blood, he's getting, going to the cross, he's on the cross, all the pain, all the suffering, all the sins, he didn't bail on you there. He didn't quit. He didn't. Whew, it's amazing he didn't do that. It really is. It's, it's amazing. But he didn't quit. And if he didn't quit with your soul and with eternity on the line and all that pressure down on top of him, and I'm not, I'm not joking here, but I'm kind of joking a little bit, he's not going to quit on you when you had a bad day or a flat tire or a bad couple years or you lost a game, or things didn't go right, he's not going to quit on you. He didn't quit on you when the whole universe was down on him. 
all the sins. He didn't quit. He's not quitting on you now. He's not. He's not going to. He's not going to. Okay? So, you know, in the micro, in the short term, he didn't bail on you at the cross. He's not going to bail on you right now in your current situation. He's not. He did the amazing, ridiculous, undeniable thing. He went to the cross for you. You can't deny it. Nobody can. You can't. In the big picture, in the long run, in the end, in the end, in the end, he wiped away all your sins for eternity. And then you're going to give him a big hug. Now, if we woke up every morning, and I need to work on this, but when I do, man, things are way better. Way better. You wake up every morning, you focus on the cross. You focus on what God did for you. You know that he understands suffering. Look what he did when he had to go to the cross. And that will change your perspective daily if you have that, that peace of the cross and the love. Okay? So let that wreck you. Let that change you. Let that seep into you. Okay? Next. So how can we let Jesus on the cross create optimism? Okay, so I need to do this. Let's eliminate false idols. Eliminate the confusion. Okay, what are false idols? You, you know what those are. Those are the other things that we worship now. We were designed. We were designed to worship something. And that's where the idols get so tricky. We were designed to do that. That's how we were created. Now, Jesus is the only thing that can hold that weight, period. Nothing else can. So here's what happens sometimes with me. I put my faith in another idol or something else, and then it doesn't live, to up, live up to what I want. But then I get confused and blame God. No, 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 no. No, no, that's not how it works. Okay? So get rid of the idols. Let's worship God. He can sustain us. Worship Jesus. He can fulfill us. He can fulfill that gap that we need for worshiping. Okay? And, I mean, it's just a really quick example, but, like, if, let's say we're talking about gambling. Let's just say we're talking about that. Then you create an idol out of that. Put 100 down. You lose it. You win it. You get a little rush. It feels good. It gives you some peace. And next time, $100 isn't worth it. So I need $200 now. Feel peace. Feel good. Get the rush. Feel good. Now I need 500 Now I need 1000 now I need 2000 Now I need to start lying. Now I need to get in another bank account. Now I need to get this. Now I need this. And here's what happens. You keep feeding that idol, and here's, here's the difference. It takes from you. It takes from you. And you can, you can do this with drugs, alcohol, sex, physical appearance, clothes, sports, whatever. Whatever you put in that space, it's going to take and then leave you completely empty where Jesus does the complete opposite. He gives. He gives. And then in the end, you're smiling and hugging the Father. Okay? Trust Jesus. We talked about that earlier with the advice. Someone that goes to the cross to save your life, save your soul for eternity. That's somebody I would trust. I'd say it's pretty loving. Okay? And waking up with gratitude. Okay? Looking at the cross every morning. All right, next slide. So, here we go. Let's review these real quick. We talked about optimism. We defined that. Okay, it's hope. 
It's looking towards the future with, with, with good feelings, okay? We reviewed the benefits of optimism. We talked about your health. We talked about making mistakes and how that gives you freedom to make mistakes because there are opportunities to grow and get better. And even when you fall, you can get back up. You can keep jumping, okay? And then we looked at the two reasons you can be optimistic in Jesus Christ. One, we have a big, huge, powerful God that's way bigger than any of the problems that may be bringing you down. And Jesus didn't bail. He didn't bail on you. He joyfully went to the cross when it was, I can't even imagine how hard. So your bad two weeks or your bad day or your flat tire, Jesus is like, we got this. We got this. I, I went and saved your soul. We can do that together. Come, lean on me. We'll do this. All right, next, exit ticket. Some of you know what an exit ticket, and some of you don't. But the kids in here are like, oh, yeah, I know what that is. Okay. But basically, here's, what, here's my challenges for next week, okay, and during this week. Here's what I challenge. I'd like to challenge you to do. Wake up every morning and think about something you're grateful for, okay? And then at the end of your day, reflect on things that happened during your day that you're grateful for. And then, finally, try it. Try it. Try it this week. Make the cross bigger. Make it a bigger part of your life. Okay? So when you're going through something or you're going through a struggle, or you're going, make that cross, look at the cross, make it bigger, and see how that changes your perspective. Okay? All right, next slide. Boom, prayer. Here we go. Dear Lord, I just thank you uh, so much that uh, I was able to get up here um, and be able to share a different perspective, Lord. Um, I pray for this congregation. Uh, again, I pray for Shane and Mary as they're visiting with friends and relaxing. I pray that we have a, a great week. I pray that we uh, allow um, you to provide us with an accurate view of you and how big you are. Um, and Lord, I thank you for everything that you've done for me and that you've shown that you love me no matter what no matter what I'm going through, that you love me and you give me optimism and you give me hope. And Lord, I thank you for our praise and worship band. They selected some amazing songs that connect completely with what uh, I was speaking about today. Lord, I just pray uh, also if anybody is struggling with something out there, um, that they would get their hope from you or from other people and get, get some guidance or get some counseling or things that they need. I pray that you provide that for them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.